It's Back to the Future 2 meets Power Rangers. We watched Back Time, which means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty. All that stands between a city and a disaster. In a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all. Just trying to save the past from the terrorists. Can you help us? I am helping you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven, recording remotely from uh, down near Wilsonville, Oregon, sort of near uh, the bar location of Extraordinary Measures down by Wanker's Corner, and joining joining us from the locations of uh, oh what I, a walk in my shoe, a walk in her shoes. Which one uh, was it? Oh, a walk in. Walking Chris, bo- Christopher Walkin' Shoes uh, is Brian the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian? Yes, doing well. I like this idea of identifying ourselves from the nearest <laughs> Portland filming location. <laughs> you and Mark kind of share one. There hasn't been a lot over there other than that house location for uh, no. Walkin' My Shoes. So, Mark, how are you doing? I'm I'm well. Not too far from uh, the school where Dr. Giggles was filmed. Oh, nice. Well, there we go. So we've, we're really spreading, spreading our locations thin there, I guess. But um, we are in different locations, but we are in the same time uh, <laughs> together, much like a lot of this movie. So um, this movie, actually, Brian, you bought on uh, VHS with a, with a group of other uh, films that we haven't gotten to yet. So uh, how, how did you stumble across this movie called Back Time? I'm trying to remember how... Uh, Were you on a Stephen Miller kick? Is that what was going on? Actually, I think that is exactly what it was. Somehow we found Stephen Miller, who was the director of this movie. Because I think he did this Visions, too. Visions, yeah. 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 He also did this movie Visions, which you bought at the same time. So, Uh, Oh, I know what it was. It was through uh, Love and Dynamite. Oh, Um, yes, which I also have have sitting here, which you also gave me. So. Um, I know one of these, so I found all three Stephen Miller movies at once and purchased them all online. Uh, I think two came from eBay, one came from Amazon, um, and they were all on VHS, and one of them was unopened. Was it this one that was factory uh, Yes, this sealed? was factory sealed, and it says at the bottom, if you can see it, it's a special edition, but there is <laughs> nothing else on this uh, except for the movie. So I, not... I only found this out today but they did uh i think in the uk release a dvd of uh back time oh okay for all i the wonder Tom if there's Baker any fans. special features i know and, and that's why i'm kind of bummed i would love to know if there's any special features on it well anyway why don't you uh, uh can you set this movie up somehow that I, it's going to be tricky because it is a it is a, like I mentioned in the opening it is a time travel movie so it does get uh, a little convoluted and and I we should try to go through it without I guess spoilers at the beginning you know what I mean kind of walk through as as and oddly are, enough are we going to spoil the the whole movie I think we're going to have to uh, there's almost well we can try for how about we try to not as long as we can and then you know once we get to the to the end because <clears throat> this movie is uh available uh to watch on youtube if you don't have the have the vhs so i think if you just probably do a a, a youtube search for back time full movie you might be able to find it um so you can watch it would you, well so let's usually we save that question for the end 
But do you guys recommend people watching this before they listen to this episode? Uh, Absolutely. I I absolutely do. Uh, It has some uh, some wild twists and turns and and reveals that happen and and all the things. Uh, And so I, I hate to set up a movie to say expect the unexpected but <laughs> but genuinely that's that's kind of what this movie is and think, there's like there's one review on imdb and that person says exactly the same thing okay uh, you know make it through the first 30 minutes or so because they're kind of rough but if you make it to the end it's it's uh it's got some good payoff oh you mean the first 30 minutes you mean the first chapter of what is apparently an episodic television show with different yeah. titles that show up <laughs> that mean, sometimes say episode and then sometimes don't at all it's it's a uh, less of an episodic format and more of a ring cycle <laughs> Totally. Yes, yeah, so we will get to the time bones or whatever those were. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to uh, look up the movie, uh, like I said, it's available on YouTube. Uh, if you can't find it by that search, you can go to the uh, the YouTube channel RIP VHS, and you can uh, type in back time in the search there, and you should be able to find it. So uh, go enjoy yourself. It is. It. I do have to say, this is the first time in the history of this podcast that I've only watched the movie once. Hmm. And I just finished. I had watched the first 20 minutes and then set it aside for some reason and then just didn't get around to it. And I thought from the first 20 minutes, I was like, I kind of want to because usually upon second viewings of these movies is when everything just falls apart and I begin to like hate them. So I kind of wanted to preserve this one as a fun experience. But of all the movies to watch twice, I'm like, I should go watch this again. Yes. Now that I kind of know how it unfolds. So I that feel was kind of ironic. any of the movies we've reviewed, this one uh, demands a second viewing more than <laughs> Ab- any other. Absolutely. So do we know much before we start, before we get into the movie, do we know much about Stephen Miller? Like, why did you stumble upon him? Was it because David Walker talked about him? I forget how that unfolded. I believe that David Walker mentioned Love and Dynamite. Right. And so I went looking for Love and Dynamite and then found that the director of Love and Dynamite uh, only directed three films and all three of them were filmed in Portland. Okay, so um, he is not one of the cases where he went off to, like, Yugoslavia and, like, has made 60 movies a year like that other guy, Philip. No, Roth. this was his last film uh, back back time. So we're, we're going through the uh, uh, Stephen Miller uh, filmography in reverse order. <laughs> uh, so the first thing I noticed uh, in this movie, like, uh, before even there was a visual other than, you know, a so-and-so production was that the font is this font called Skia, I think. It's so great. <laughs> and it's the same font. Mark, you'll remember this. Back when we worked at the advertising agency, we yep. made those uh, candy bars. And we oh, made, yeah. It was like a self-promotion for our agency where every department kind of had their own candy bar and like would describe what they do. So when we go to get clients, we could describe our full-service agency or whatever. And one of the candy bars, I remember uh, our designer friend Heidi, when we were designing them, used that Skia font for. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, it's our candy bar font. It was the papyrus of the 90s. <laughs> yes, I would describe it as caveman font. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I dropped my glasses. I got so excited about the font toys. <laughs> uh, that and there's a lot of puka shells because this movie, um, well, this movie it says on IMDb that it's from 1998, 
but the copyright at the end of the movie and on the box is 2001. So much like this movie uh, uh, itself, the plot, I think this movie is time traveling. Maybe that is the 2001 copyright date of the special edition. I did wonder ah. that, but it was at the end of the credits too. So that's kind of why I was like, well, that's weird. weird, but... But you can tell it's set in the late 90s because this movie is dripping with puka shell necklaces. Yeah, this is the most <laughs> 90s movie that I've ever seen filmed in the 2000s. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it it reminded me a lot, like I, I mentioned, of Power Rangers because of the costumes. But it reminded me a lot. And like I, I did watch a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But a lot like that. The main character looks exactly like Xander from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. And so the whole movie was reminded, it was like a mix of those two things. I have not ever once watched an episode of Doctor Who, but yeah, this either. is exactly what I would imagine Doctor Who to be like. I think the production values of this was better than what I've seen of some vintage <laughs> Doctor Who's, that's for sure. You know you know the Doctor Who connection with this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, but I, and, and, and just kind of from the get go before we kind of dive into it, I was kind of impressed with some of the production design and, and the, the, um, the little, the different props and, and stuff. I mean, it wasn't super great, but a lot of time and, and I think some money went into a lot of those little elements. This movie has one thing that none of our other movies, uh, typically have, and that is heart. This movie has plenty of heart behind it. There you go. That's you could tell 100%. it was crafted lovingly. Yes, yep. and I was because there are a lot of of things going for this movie. Although I would hesitate to call it a good movie, and so I guess as we kind of break it down a little bit more, I'll because I'm trying to put my finger on. I, I like I said, I'm fresh off this movie. So it'll be interesting to see like where it does kind of fall apart because I don't know that I could recommend it to someone who's just like looking for a good movie to watch. You know what I mean? But um so Brian, why don't you kind of get us started as far as as the plot and getting us into the discussion here. Okay, so the movie is broken up into three rings as the movie calls them. Um at, when I first saw that and it jumped from ring 1 to ring 2, um, I don't know about you, but I thought, I was like, okay, I know what this movie is doing. It's going to be an anthology movie about three different little time travel vignettes. Oh, okay. Mm. No, I but didn't think that. That is not I just thought maybe it was made for, like, actually made for a television pilot so that each little chunk would be its own episode, but it doesn't really hold together like that either. Nope. No, no. <laughs> uh, but it starts with, uh, we're introduced to uh, the Back Time Labyrinth. Uh, which is an underground time travel facility uh, set 7,000 years in the future. And uh, we are introduced to um, two of the characters, um, one who is called Sarge, um, which is a giant robot. Uh, if, if you are familiar with Power Rangers, uh, I think the, the little whatever his name is, and he has the light that goes across his eyes. Yeah, and I don't know any Power Rangers names, but the all of the costumes looked like they were from Power Rangers, which isn't to say that like, they look cheap, because like Power Rangers has that aesthetic where it kind of looks cheap, but it's still really all put together and thought out, and like all the details are there. Yeah. And that's why I, I wrote down at one point, who is this movie for? Like, 
is it it's not a kids movie although there's not no. like sex and there's not violence and there's not profanity and all that but it's not like a kid wouldn't appreciate the plot of this movie which is all about like love and marriage i think it's for like people who would have been watching the sci-fi channel at the time yeah yeah I w- yeah i'd say like uh young dudes like bros would love this movie uh if you like primer uh you'll probably love this movie i was thinking that you see those charts that people try and map out the whole plot of primer i wanted to see one of those charts for this movie or back time exactly so Um, yeah so yeah we, we uh are introduced to sarge the robot who controls the time portal um, and his little helper friend, who is called Zymo, um, who is played by a short person uh, with a lot of spunk. At first, I thought Zymo was, because uh, in the credits, is Tom Baker, and, and I haven't watched Doctor Who, but I know that he was on the show. And I, and I thought it was him, like, on his knees, because it is played by uh, a little person. I was like, oh, no. But he is only, Tom Baker is only the voice, the voice of the robot, of so he has never seen in person. So he had yeah. a day's a day's worth of work that he so did, and Tom Baker literally fil- uh, phoned it in. <laughs> he literally phoned it in <laughs> from London. Um, but let's um, talk a little bit. So Zymo is the the little person slash creature slash. I had a I had a lot of notes that just said, "What is Zymo?" Well, uh, I watched this movie with Sarah and my wife, and she dubbed Zymo the time troll. Okay. Time troll, yeah. Uh, Sarge referred to Zymo as someone who came from a really bad time. Uh, yeah. And so, so um, imagine 3,000 years in the future, the world gets all messed up, and uh, and one other pers- character in the movie refers to Zymo as a, as a mutant. Um, uh, but okay. there's no other reference to that. Because Zymo Sarge... has like this little um, cyborgy thing over one eye, but then he's also dressed in rags and acts like an animal. So yep. I guess mutant is where we're at with that because it was super weird. Super weird. And uh, played by a person named Sherry Kay. And uh, uh, I'm assuming that Sherry is... Uh, female gender and a huge fan of our show hopefully so call us sherry um i as much as i did not like the character of zymo i did think the 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 actor threw their through their spirits and their their energy into it so um but yeah it, it zymo, and zymo doesn't talk at all through right. the entire movie right uh, no utterance of any sound no and in certain scenes, when Zymo, now I, I I'm not maybe this is how uh, Sherry K actually gets around, but something about Zymo's uh, walking seemed artificial to me. Well, and they did speak; they had like a lot of zany, sped up motion of Zymo doing things, and I don't know. Sometimes it was meant to be comedic, but then other times I didn't know if it was just to make it kind of look even a little bit stranger or to kind of play up this. What I, I do want to make, we've never made merch for our show before, but I really want a t-shirt that just says, what is Zymo? <laughs> With a picture of Zymo on it. Because I was be vote, fascinating. Vote so, yeah, Zymo. 
<laughs> so there's the, yes, the God of Time, the Keeper of Time robot, which is the Tom Baker voice, and then Zymo. So we have those two characters in this cave of time that has this time portal in it. And then from there, we cut uh, to um, four uh, 20-somethings living uh, in a house on the side of the highway, uh, Highway 30, uh, heading out of Portland. Okay. Um, which I did find that house. Did you? Okay. okay. Did. Nice. Because yes. it was a cool old house, but then like right across the street was a barrel factory of some yes. sort. And uh, when you look at it on Google Maps uh, satellite view, the barrels just stick out like a sore thumb, and it was wow. pretty easy. Is pretty the house actually find. still there? Uh, it is still there. It's uh, shows oh, up wow. in the street view. Yep. Because I thought it would be like that old, uh, what's that old? It's not a Coca-Cola building, but it's the one right before the St. John's Bridge uh, when you're going up Highway 30 and it's like nothing but like that reclaimed nuclear wasteland. But then they they tore it down a couple years ago. The big it was like PGE or something like anyway, I forget. It was that it was that super cool old the house, the, the fight club house. Anyone? No. I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay, no, well. I'll put it on our map just to confuse people. (laughs) So, yeah, we go to the 20-somethings, and there's a couple whose names are Kayla. Well, Kayla has a a couple that used to be but broke up. Kayla and Jason. They used to date, and they broke up. Kayla is now marrying some other guy, and it's her wedding day. Yes. Uh, Yep. Or close to it. Or close Um, to it. Well, she stops by the house to tell her ex, Jace, that I'm getting married. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, like either the same day or the next day very soon. And, you know, Jace is perturbed and obviously still has feelings for Kayla. Um, and then Kayla runs off to the wedding. And uh, we are introduced to the other two roommates. Um, Thad, I believe, is the guy's name. Yes. Thad, yep. Thad lazy. Wears, he's uh, he's two lazy shirts and Thor. Two pairs of pants uh, at the same time. Um, that's how I imagined Todd would dress in the nineties. Had I known Todd in the nineties, just layers and layers of, of clothing that are much too big for my small body. Two yes. pairs of cargo shorts at the same time. <laughs> Imagine all the things I can put in my pockets. Uh, so yeah, we have the, and he's kind of a lazy stoner, although he's not, he doesn't smoke weed in the movie, but he kind of drinks and he's this kind of philosophical environmentalist hippie guy. And then there's also the girl that's a friends with them. Yeah. And her name is Una. Yep. Uh, Oh, was it? O-O-N-A. Because the first. The first thing when you get the like the chapter titles or whatever, or the episode titles or whatever it said, it just said, Una seems confused. And I was like, well, she's not the only one. Who is Una? What is going on? <laughs> that wasn't even the title of the episode. That was just like, uh, um, you know how when you used to watch the X-Files and they would have like the, the time of the day and yeah. every scene change? They, it was like a scene change and there's like 2.30 p.m. Una is confused. And I'm like, did they just type that in from the script? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was stage direction that accidentally made yeah. it into the film. Well, and that was the weird part too because they would show like 2:30 p.m. Una seems confused, but they wouldn't put the date date like July 10 or whatever. Like that wasn't consistent, which you think would should be in a movie about cyclical time travel, but then they would be like 2:30. 
but that's not the important time. The date is the important part, not the right. time of day. And for certain scenes, they would say the day of the week, like Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. But no other context. <laughs> so, yeah, we have we have uh, the roommate and then this other girl. And they they kind of argue at one point, And this is much later in the movie. But the the, the kind of lazy philosophical hippie roommate who reminded me of Lazy Thor from uh, Avengers <laughs> Endgame. Just a Bro big Thor. giant. Yeah, bushy beard and all that. Uh -huh. They're talking, him and this other girl, and Thad, which is his name, he says, how much moon floss do you use? <laughs> which oh. is apparently yeah. code name for toilet paper. Thad had some amazing names. And then they moon had a moonflaw. And then they had a whole discussion about how much toilet paper they used. Like yep. Cheryl Crow style using one square for the environment <laughs> or whatever. It was insane. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so they're they're kind of the characters, and then we have this this main couple, and as Kayla is gonna get married to this other guy, all of a sudden who a time portal appears, correct? What? How's, um, how is the time portal introduced? The Let's see. Uh, the time They're portal at... is first introduced when um, Kayla uh, gets abducted from her wedding. That's right. She's walking down the aisle and literally just disappears. Right. So Kayla time. gets sucked up by a time portal. And then we <laughs> cut back to the house. And um, at the house, uh, a second time portal opens and it dumps Kayla uh, on top of Jace in the front yard of the house. Yeah, that's right. And then they go, and they are themselves are dumped out there, and all of a sudden, a another robot-looking thing, not the Time Lord, but another kind of gladiator-looking person. We will call them the Time Terrorist. Uh, the Time Terrorist, that's right. Time Terrorist. <laughs> Shows up and ch chases them through all of the barrels across the street. Right, so the Time Terrorist chases them, and then another portal shows up, um, and we lose uh, Jace, um, and then Jace goes to the Time Labyrinth, and there he meets uh, Kayla and another version of himself. Right. So that's when we start kind of getting into multiples of people and overlapping of time. This would make a really interesting, or not graph, but like, yeah, primer-like chart of... Yeah. of time hopping. Um, I did like how in the future, I believe it's 2138. I don't know why. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They are still trying still to using cash. push the dollar coin. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that's never going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and she, uh, they do a bunch of chases and then they're locked in. They're locked in a cell together that has bunk beds and they do a bunch of stuff, and she's still holding on to her bouquet. Oh, I didn't <laughs> I notice that. that. She's like, and what am I supposed to do to thee? And she holds up her bouquet that's still all perfect from like all right. six hours and 2,000 years ago. Um, I did have a, I don't know if this tracked with you guys, but I did have a problem with Kayla's wedding dress because it looked like a bridesmaid's dress. Mm. She was not wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> but I'm... Did you even I didn't think I saw any bridesmaids at the wedding. I don't think so either. I think it was just her just, there No, was there were there were bridesmaids. Oh, were there? Oh. Now was yep. that where was that film? Cuz that was on top of a hill somewhere and you Oh. Can, was that, that was Tabor? Clearly Mount Tabor. Okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
But because at one at another point they were in a big public park like that, but then you can see Mount. Can you see Mount Hood from Mount Tabor too? I don't think I've ever been yes. to the top of Mount Tabor. Yep. So you can see both ways, the yeah. city and the okay, yeah. So they that's where the big wedding scene was that she kept being abducted from. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like when they got abducted and they started walking through the labyrinth of time or whatever that was called. That uh, Kayla is holding like a a oil lantern, like the old timey oil lantern. Yeah, it's then, broken off at the top, totally. Yeah, and then uh, what's his Jace is Jace. just holding this glowing orb that has like no discernible like it's just this big future thing, and she's using like this old broken oil yeah. lamp, which made no sense for seven thousand years in the future. <laughs> um, what else? So, so f- from ahead. that point in the story, um, Kayla and for the next I don't know. 15 minutes um the whole plot is kayla and jace just trying to get back to their original timeline yes as they are trapped and running around uh the the labyrinth by the time terrorists and then they also start to go have doubles of themselves because they realize that they also get sent back to a point where they're not just being chased through the barrels, but they're watching themselves get chased through the barrels and have to do like basically a Marty McFly thing of hiding behind the car, you know, planting the planting the the book in the car in Biff's car while not being caught by the skateboard chase that's happening in the background from the first movie type thing. Yes. Um, that is exactly what happens. Uh, and then we they end up um, re-experiencing uh, the chase um, through the barrel factory. And we learn that the uh, time terrorist in, in that scene was actually uh, Jace wearing a costume uh, of the time terrorists. Of the time terrorists, right. Yeah. And then... Um, oh, go ahead. Were you oh, say that? No. <laughs> Well, and then so like that's kind of progressing and and it and it's and all of a sudden it just says 10 years later. Right? Um no. Oh, what happens uh, before that? Before that, uh they end up uh eventually Kayla and Jace uh use the time portal and both of them arrive at uh Kayla's wedding. Right, and then Kayla gets married as Kayla, planned. Yes. Kayla gets and married, and then uh, yeah, Jace, Jace walks, walks away off. into the distance. Yeah. And then that's when we cut to the next scene ten years later. Okay, uh, and that's a new ring cycle. Oh, okay, <laughs> second the second ring cycle. <laughs> uh, there is Mark. If it, do you have the movie pulled up? Yes. Okay, I I don't know if either of these will work, but I have something at thirty four minutes. Yes, we need to talk about that scene at 34 minutes. Okay, I don't remember what it is, so I'm excited to hear it again. Oh. I, just, I just have time bone written next to it, but I don't know if that relates. I don't think okay. that relates. Okay. So let me do this and do that. So I'm going to set this scene up and just yeah. say that um, the if you look back at our Portland at the Movies films that we've discussed, uh, and classic scenes that stick out to you. I'm, I'm pretty sure you will uh, agree that the, the peanut scene from Defula uh, <laughs> ranks up there in terms yes. of our all-time favorite. In fact, we compared it to the uh, flower shop scene from The Room. Yes. 
Um, and I think this scene also fits right in uh, with those other two scenes. Okay, so why don't you give us some context to what we're about to uh, hear here? So what we're about to see is uh, 10 years later, um, Jace is realizing that he has been unable to, to move on from his feelings of Kayla. And uh, knowing that he potentially could still have the power to time travel, he needs to go back and win back Kayla. So in order to do that, he has decided to quit his day job at a factory. Oh, that's right. Hey, boss. Hey, Jace. I'm quitting. Really? There's something I got to do in the same net. Oh, you're sure now. I'm sorry. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is exactly like the flower shop scene. Yep. <laughs> what I mean, what? Well, they are you sure? Are you sure? Yep. Yeah. Well, they needed a plot point to happen, <laughs> and they wow. had about an hour to film. <laughs> and at the the factory went only because that was in the factory. It was in the factory, so it's not like <laughs> yeah. And so this oh is like gosh, during the lunch that's... break at the factory. And so this wasn't a long drawn out. Let's go to the office and talk about this. Let's <laughs> let's counter offer. This was all right. He's quitting his job. <laughs> Might as well have sent a text. Just let him just let him go. Let him sure. go. Yeah. OK. Oh, uh, hi, doggy. Oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> but yes, this is 10 years in the future. And now Jace is wishing that he would have told Kayla that uh, he loved her when they were both trapped in the cell together in the Time Lord's lair or whatever. Right. So that's sort of the overarching plot of this uh, second episode. So episode one was about returning home. Episode two is about uh, Jace winning Kayla back by using time travel. Right. Um, And we, we left out the detail that while they were initially trapped... Uh, in the time labyrinth, uh, Zymo had given both Jace and Kayla uh, a little like porcelain glitter ring. Yeah, well, they, they, I don't know what they were. It just looked like badly made clay rings of some sort. <laughs> Covered in glitter. Covered in glitter. Uh, so, yeah, and those are apparently time bones. What are those? Which bones? <laughs> I swear they said time bone at one no, point. They did. I wrote she it said down. Wishbone, yeah. yeah. They, it's like a wishbone. Uh, and apparently, so after uh, Jace returns and Kayla both return uh, to the original time stream, uh, Jace decides to uh, bury his time bone uh, <laughs> yeah, on he Mount does. Tabor. <laughs> <laughs> I buried my time bone on Mount Tabor should be like a folk song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he uh, employs uh, Thad at this point. Uh, to help him uh, dig up his time bone <laughs> from Mount Tabor. <laughs> it wasn't very deep either. It was like two scoops down and that's it. I'm kind of in disbelief at the words coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> if anyone were to well, just hear this out of context. <laughs> well, we're living in a time where like people are just very casually talking about the quarantine. <laughs> so like that's where our bar is right now. So I don't think anything is, is any stranger. So he yeah he use he wants to use the buried time bone to travel back or forward 
Yeah, he forwards. wants to travel forward in time back to the labyrinth um, <laughs> and convince his past slash future self uh, that he needs to tell Kayla that he loves her. Right, right. That's and his so, plan. so he uses the time bone and snaps it in half or whatever, and he gets sent back or forward <laughs> to when they were uh, in that prison together. And so he's had 10 years that he's done nothing but live in this space of regret and live in this what if and and plan out if I had this chance again, what am I going to do? And he apparently just never made a plan because he gets there and has nothing. He has no ideas. Right. He can't say anything. He, he says uh, he puts his head up because uh, in the future slash past, um, this is when they are in prison. So he goes to the prison and talks in, in Kayla's ear as if <laughs> Kayla's in coming... a bottom bunk. And right. he his past self is in the top bunk. Right. But they're in a bunk bed. Yeah. And he's talking to her as if it's coming from his other self in the cell together with her. And as he is trying to convince him, her that he loves her, who shows up? But the <laughs> future past Kayla. Kayla also from ten years in the future with a terrible haircut. <laughs> That's how you know she's. <laughs> That's from how you the know future. she's from the future. <laughs> uh, but it reminds me of the Pina Colada song at this point because <laughs> they find each other. <laughs> doing the same thing and then so picture so the the prior i'll say prior instead of past the prior kayla and jace are in the bunk beds in the cell so they are separated by like three feet now there's the prison wall or whatever and on the outside of that wall there are two like vent side, like if you look at your air conditioning floor vent, those size vents cut out of the brick wall, one by the top bed, one by the bottom bunk, but also separated by two or three feet. They're whispering to their prior selves and their prior selves can't hear the other one. Like prior Jace <laughs> cannot hear the full volume conversation coming from the bottom bunk. And prior Kayla can't hear the conversation going on the top bunk. That's it is true. wild. Oh, that was uh, so, so what, crazy. What comes of this conversation? Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember, but all I said, all, I did write down Jason's acting is not bad or Jace's acting. He was, I believe there was a tear involved. It was pretty, it was committed. Um... I guess, long story short, uh, what uh, their plan ultimately works, and Kayla and Jace fall in love uh, in prison, and this time, when the whole cycle plays out, and Kayla and Jace return to Kayla's wedding, um, this time, instead of getting married, Kayla uh, runs off with Jace, and, and they... Um, uh, oh! As they are running off, though, Zymo, act, Zymo <laughs> right. snuck off and followed them. And, oh, uh, Zymo. Kayla and Jay steal a car, and Zymo hops in with them. And then the three of them are on the run from the rest of the wedding party. <laughs> it's the wacky road trip section. It was the yes. wacky road trip. And this so... 
Go ahead. I was gonna say yes. Yeah, the wacky road trip. So they're kind of driving along the like the back roads of Oregon. There's some. They stop at a farm at some point and. Zymo, so imagine yourself uh, an Oregon farmer, <laughs> and you're farming one day, you're farming your chickens one day, and this car pulls up, and a Zymo comes out, <laughs> and much like I had written down, you probably ask yourself, what is Zymo? And they just show Zymo, like, running around his farm, and, like, he's in with all the chickens, and the farmer, like, is acting surprised, but not as if there is a future past cave creature running around your farm and so they just give him some money to not and say they, anything this is this is when they speed up uh Zymo's yes. footage and so he's waddling around at this like unnatural pace it kind of <laughs> looks like uh did you ever see when uh tim conway does his dork, dork. character yes Yes, that's exactly. It's what. totally. They may as well just put in yakety sacks during this as he scampered about the farm. Yes, this is the Benny Hill portion <laughs> of the show. And they also so like Zymo has shown himself much like kind of like a puppy on a road trip. Like when you let them out and they just run, or like you let them in the front seat and they they can't hold still. Like that's what Zymo is. He's like, he's like pushing all the buttons in the car and turning the wipers on. And he's like getting up in their laps and like, you guys have a back seat. Put Zymo in the back seat. They kept putting him in the front seat with him. It was driving me crazy. Uh, but then, yeah, then is when we get the moon floss toilet paper conversation at one point. Um, but on the road trip, they go to another location that we've actually had before, which is the Trojan nuclear plant. Oh, yes. yes. So off in the distance, you can see that as Zymo scampers about. So, um, And as they're uh, escaping, we also get a shot of uh, the Portland skyline. They're on one of the bridges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, after this car trip, uh, they drive back to their house and as they're pulling up at their house jace hits someone with his car it turns out like as we've seen them get chased through the barrels uh we see jace's character get hit by not like as the car is screeching to a halt he kind of bounces off the hood of the car it turns out that's jace himself driving the car that hit him and that that generally genuinely surprised me yeah <laughs> it was kind of nice although i don't know if it holds up because that hadn't happened yet and it was an alternate future where the future past was altered <laughs> through the bunk bed conversations and they ended up getting married so but other than that i didn't have a whole lot of problems with the looping time travel of the movie it did kind of add up yeah i don't know that if you tried to put it down on paper it would all work out right yeah. well but no no time travel movie would work out putting <laughs> pen to paper to be fair but i'm willing to give this movie a hard pass <laughs> so throughout this and we've said a couple times uh, about these time terrorists which are also kind of these uh power ranger type costumed people and we see them every time kayla and jace show up at the time portal in the future they're always these time terrorists are showing up and chasing them off. What are what is the plan of these time terrorists? What is their objective? I've never figured out. Or is that the thing that's revealed at the end to be um, are I guess are there time terrorists? We'll say for now, Mark. I, 
Not exactly. I I, I don't know uh, like what the motivation is other than <clears throat> disguise. Love. You know, right. like so that they're not seen by the originals, if you will. Uh, right. That they can interact with them and not, you know, uh, but it's basically what the motivation no, uh, was. I don't know. To, no spoilers. At, at this point <laughs> in the story, all we know about the time terrorists is that they seem to want to plunder from the past. Um, I think that's what they Sarge said that. Yeah, and greed. They talked a little bit about greed, but it always does look like they are chasing and showing up right when Jason Kayla. Do so. Then I was wondering. So, if the time the time terrorists have this plot for greed or to plunder or whatever whatever it is being said, how do Jace and Kayla figure into any of this? They don't have like secret information that the future needs. It, it's like they have just accidentally showed up somehow, but their use for the for the future is not known. Like this is not a John Connor. We need him to lead the resistance because he has the secret information. It's just accidental. I, yeah. I, I don't have a good answer for that. <laughs> like why do the time portal show up in the first place? I guess. Yeah. In the first place, I think uh, if you go back to the very start of the movie, the first time travel shenanigans that we see is actually Zymo. Um, going oh, uh, oh Zymo because Zymo ends up in the house and under the bed and he reads oh the that's Facebook right and he plays around with the light switch and I think Zymo actually sets the whole story in motion and okay. I think it's because Zymo I think Sarge at the very beginning of the movie made a comment about Zymo in his research found these four people who potentially would have a large impact on the future and uh are we gonna get into spoilers yet we, we, we might can, as well at we this can, point. Yeah. <laughs> so last I, last chance for spoilers <laughs> <laughs> go watch the movie now yes so i think that zymo sees that these people could potentially um uh in in one potential timeline um, set it up and protect time travel uh, from other people abusing it. And in order for that to happen, Zymo has to travel. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because even... So it's revealed towards one of the end. So this cycle kind of goes uh, over and over of, of Kayla and Jace being chased. Then it ends up being that they're chased by... Jace in one of the costumes, and so it's the cyclical time travel thing. Um, and at the end, it is then revealed that at some point, Zymo has created the armor costumes of the time terrorists based on a drawing that Jace had for some reason. I don't remember why. Did he just draw it when he got back to his time, or... <laughs> I, I, I was so confused by that. Uh, I'm just looking at a bunch of blank faces. We, we because, haven't even talked about that aspect of the story. Because, yes, uh, uh, the, the roommate, what's his bucket? Uh, uh, is, Thad. Uh, Thad is keeping a time journal. Right? 
Yes, right. based on the stories that Chase told him. Right. And so one of those must have been like incredibly detailed illustrations because Zymo has created the costumes of the time terrorists, which then Jace and Kayla put on to scare an earlier version of themselves in the time portal area. So now that that raises the question, are there time terrorists or... Was it just Jace and Kayla this whole time trying to repair the damage that was done to the time? Yeah, they space are continuum. the time terrorists. But okay, I'm with you, Mark, and I know you're. I know you're trying to do the movie solid, but it also seems like Sarge knows about the time terrorists, why they're doing it. And he says that thing about greed and plunder. No, Sarge is just playing along <laughs> because by the time the time terrorists are introduced, and I'm talking about Kayla and Jace dressed up as the time terrorists, they are doing that for a reason. And Sarge is in on their plan. And I think Sarge is just playing along to work with them and try and repair and make the cycle complete. Because at one point, Sarge, the, the Doctor Who robot says I can only listen to the first people that found me, which is weird, which is why he listens to the time terrorists. Well, at one point, Kayla and Jace go back 200 years at some point in between. Right. And they take control of the time. God. Well then, okay. <laughs> Who built the time God then? Who built Sarge? What is um, Sarge? What's happening? Okay. So I think we're ready to move on to the third cycle. Okay. The, the third cycle. So ultimately at the end of the second cycle, Kayla and Jace get together and then they live happily ever after for what? Another 10 years. Unclear, but uh, sure. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 10 years in, in a different timeline. Cause they this have is a the child, timeline. Though. Yeah. This is the timeline where Kayla and Jace are together and Thad and Una get together. <laughs> Una is confused. <laughs> Una is the audience. You know, I looked at the IMDb. That is her, her actual real name is yes, Una. It yes. is. So the apologies to Una is, is Una for the confusion. <clears throat> so now we are in uh, phase three. Phase one, um, they get home. Phase two, they fall in love. Where does the story go from here? Well, apparently, uh, I guess the fact that there is in way in the distant future there are such thing as time terrorists um it really concerns the the group of the four and they feel the need to enact a plan to to <laughs> ultimately stop the time terrorists and make sure that no one can at this point affect the timeline and, and protect time is that right i think so th at this point in the movie it's t it, this part of the movie takes place in 2011 which is pretty great because did you see uh, at one point a cell phone rings and like one of the characters just picks up this like this weird tiny black box and oh. like talks into it because like they, they made this in like whatever 98 or 2001 depending. But then there's it's set now in 2011. Oh, 
Oh, and so they're did trying to do. Did this movie predict the iPhone? <laughs> yes, it the totally iPhone did. looked like <laughs> looked like a, a a microphone box, like a lapel mic box that you <laughs> clip on the back of your belt. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's in 2011. At one point, I couldn't figure out when or where we were, but then I gave credit to the movie for not doing that. Where are we? You mean when are we? Joke <laughs> that always comes with these movies. Um, well, this is, it is confusing because it is the bonsai theory of time travel. Do you guys remember Thad going through yes. this bonsai they theory of time travel? A tree and the tree's branches to as a metaphor oh, right. for time travel. Yeah, and he tore out. So it's like he called it the bonsai theory of time travel, and then holds up like a fern, which was weird. <laughs> but like he he peels one of the things off and is like, "This is like altering time." Now there'll be a new branch that grows here, but it's a different branch to kind of show the different timeline uh, on that. So. In this 2011 future, Thad and Una become politicians, and they, I don't know what they did, but they did something about time travel or made people aware of it, or... So there is some sort of secret government project that they suspect if left unchecked, will ultimately turn into the back time labyrinth. So they want to enact legislation to either get rid of this project or make sure that there are checks in place to let it keep from getting out of hand. Yeah, that was unclear. And that's like, did they invent time travel in order to stop time travel? But that can't <laughs> be possible either because like it happened before any of them were involved like with Back to the Future, the DeLorean starts it, like, and then they go back and change the forever. In this movie, they are abducted into time travel first, and then everything unfolds. So, like, they can't invent it and then experience. Uh, <laughs> perhaps I'm weighing a little too hard on back time, but yeah, there is some sort of line about the government having a project that would lead to time travel. Okay. But, but And I did not write the time code, and I'm, I'm kicking myself, but at one point you kind of hear a voiceover of, of Thad and Una, the politicians, kind of talking about, you know, uh, keeping, a, keeping time travel, like, safe or whatever. And you hear Una's echoey voice say, we can create a future that doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> Which I is pretty that. great. Love that. But then, so at the point where we see Zymo showing that he built the armor for the time terrorists, and he's trying to, uh, since he can't speak, he's trying to explain this to Jace and to Kayla, why he did this or what they are. And Kayla keeps defending him and saying, uh, Zymo, don't be mean to Zymo. He's just a kid. But it has been established that he has been around for a hun- like hundreds of years. What is Zymo? What is he? He's just a kid. I he's just a two hundred year old kid who builds who builds armor from scratch in a cave next to a robot and steals sunglasses. And st- <laughs> which the time god knew what sunglasses were, which didn't make any sense to me. The time god does not have eyes. Well, nor if has he's, he been- a, if he's a time god, he's been around to see everything. But has he? 
or was he created by Jason Kayla? It Who doesn't matter. He's got God? that little he's got that little time portal that he can look back on the past any point in the past. And he's probably been reading up on his 1990s uh, eyewear fashion. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm confused if the time portal has existed why Jace and Kayla are involved in any of this. Like they did not have a secret key, a secret code, secret information to help anything. Oh, well, I guess we, I guess it's just Zymo's mistake. I guess we figured out, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's even debatable whether it was a mistake, whether Zymo was just trying to cause mischief or if Zymo somehow knew that these people would be important uh, in, to the future of the development of time travel and needed to get the story into motion. It's unclear. <laughs> Um, but, but eventually in, in part three, so, so the, the plan is for, uh, Jace and Thad to go into the future and do whatever they're going to do to, to save time travel and preserve it. Uh, but it ends up being Jace and Kayla that get sucked into the future again. Right. And then that's when they become, they put on the time terrorist costumes and tie up all the other time cycle loose ends. Yeah, because now their role is to stop their past selves from doing... So they basically scare their past selves away in the future to make the, make sure more things aren't screwed up. So that's how we learn maybe there has not never been a right. Zor or Sorgon. And there becomes... Uh, there's a time when they're just hanging around and they have to wait for um their past selves to reach a certain point in the time loop before they get involved and they've got like a half hour to kill so they decide to just go all of them including sarge and zymo they they go and they play in the gorge and they like toss i a frisbee loved around. i loved seeing the gigantic time lord body and a zymo running around a field overlooking the gorge that made my heart so happy can you imagine like seeing that film oh my no gosh context? Just that, I, but and but that robot costume was super cool for what it, it was, was supposed great. to be. I loved it. Uh, yeah, I wonder where and it that's, is now. Oh, we need to get that to movie madness. Oh my god! I would is is um is Stephen Miller still alive? Is he still with us? Why did he I, stop making movies? It's Do we so know? hard to search because of uh, Stephen Miller with a ph. Uh, is on the Trump administration and and so, oh right and there's uh, also uh, another Stephen Miller with, who's a film director a different Stephen Miller oh really yeah wow that'll be our goal is to hunt down that would be amazing to have any of the costumes from this movie what did they I mean they wouldn't destroy them they were much too nice and expensive and uh another cool place if we could get some of these uh, in the peculiarium on display oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be Man. amazing. Well, maybe maybe the the actor who played Zymo will return our calls, and we can <laughs> we can have our own adventure of ourselves. I did like how when uh, Jason and Kayla got together at the end, kind of for final, um, Sarge robotically says, "I wish I had a heart and lips." What? Because he wanted a kiss. He I was guess. watching them make out. He was being a creepy robot. Uh, 
So also at the end, something like as all these loose ends are being tied up and then I'm feeling good about where the movie's going. There's a scene where Kayla and Jace get returned to the alternate future where they have been married and have a daughter and, and all of that stuff. And the daughter is like, oh, yeah, you're back and looks at Jace's hand and sees a scar and the Time Lord's like, oh, my gosh, I thought I stopped you from touching the side of the time portal, which was 900 degrees. And they go back to a different shot where Jace is by himself in the time portal room, dressed like whatever he's dressed like, and touches the side of the time portal, gets the scar and falls on the ground. But then right. that didn't seem to change or do anything. No, that could that was the time when Jace was about to go chase uh, himself and Kayla through the barrel factory. Uh, but because they spent too much time playing in the gorge, uh, they missed that opportunity when they were supposed to come back and tell him not to touch it. Um, and you think that, oh my god, they're going to fail now, but then ultimately it was like, that was a close one. Oh, and <laughs> he they, just they got a scar everything. on his hand. That is yeah. so funny that their pic- their picnic in the gorge was just too compelling, and they <laughs> forgot to. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, well, okay, I couldn't. But no, I don't. So at the end, I had uh, what happens when you touch the time door? Because Sarge says something about how that repaired the time continuity, or there was some comment about how that finally fixed this time continuity. Did you guys catch that, or did, am I? I didn't. I don't think I caught that. Okay. Well, it was said at the same time, and I thought, well, maybe that caused a rift because it kind of made the time portal shake or zap or whatever. And I thought, well, maybe that somehow fixed a plot hole that they <laughs> realized that they had. Um, but uh, it's a surprising lack of plot holes for a a B movie about time travel. I was kind of shocked. Yeah, the, I, I think that the the storyline is a couple of steps above everything else about this movie. The the budget, like the ambition with this movie was pretty high. And I would be curious to see what the budget was because like that whole time, it's not like the labyrinth of time was huge like in Labyrinth, but there was a couple different rooms and sets. and mm-hmm. yeah. Like even the know. bunk bed room looked like looked like the one from the Matrix. Yep. It was like that kind of stark two bunk bed. Like they put a lot of yeah heart and and actual effort into it, and it did not. Like when I saw uh, when I saw the costumes, the same thing I said about the Power Rangers ones. They both looked cheap, kind of on purpose, but they did not look cheap. Like they were slapped right. together. Right? It was a purposeful a purposeful aesthetic. I thought. I'd really like to find out more information about this movie, but I think that there is uh, less information about this film over any other film we've watched online. It's almost like this movie doesn't exist. Yeah, like even on a Google search, I didn't get very much at all. No one has ever like reviewed this movie. I don't think anyone's ever done a podcast on it. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it, clearly it was a passion project because Stephen Miller was the writer, the director, the editor. He was uh, I see I saw his name a couple other times in the credits, too. But that's, I think, almost even more impressive because like a lot of these passion projects made by one person, The Room, for example, are all like super tone deaf in a lot of ways. Like uh, they're above their pay grade. They don't understand, you know, how to do all these things. 
but I didn't really get any incompetence out of this. I didn't get like that usual flavor of like really trying for something and not understanding how to achieve it. Well, this was Stephen Miller's uh, third film by this point. It was. I can't um, believe I have the whole trilogy just just right sitting there. in my hands here. Like this. and and Love and Dynamite, and they uh, all I seem so different. Love and Dynamite looks like a, a real movie. Well, a real movie. It has it has Dan Haggerty in it. How could it not be a, <laughs> nice. a real movie? <laughs> so yeah, I'll be interested to see. This was his his third movie. You said. Uh, so this is yes. the, okay. Yes. So, so visions be... was first, then love and dynamite, and then back time. Wow. Is one of those videos in PAL? Um, I don't know. This one's in VHS. This one's in. I don't know. I'd have to look. I think one of them is in PAL. Maybe. I guess we'll find out when we put it into. <laughs> Put it in to watch it one of these days. Oh, I know which one. Uh, Rocket A. Ritchie was in PAL. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So, well, is there anything else? I did notice that uh, on, like I said, this movie is on YouTube, and the only copyright flag that it got was because of the Pink Martini song at the end. <laughs> nice. Which plays over the credits, I think. There were That's... a couple other super weird song titles, and I wrote a couple down. One of them was... God Gun, which I thought was strange. One of them was Sinernologus, which I don't believe is a word. But then my favorite, Styrofoam Wig Face, was the name of one of the songs in this movie. Did you notice if they were all by the same person? Or those by the those same... three ones were from the same group, it looked like. I forgot to write down their name, but then there was the Pink Martini song, like I said. That's the one that got flagged. So I wonder if Pink Martini <laughs> remembers that they are in this film. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they can help track down Stephen, Stephen Miller. Um, well, is there anything else that... There... Uh, there was one more thing that I had that I forgot to mention, and I wanted to point out... Uh, Back in uh, Ring 1, so the, the first uh, section of the movie, when uh, Jason and Kayla are trying to escape the, the labyrinth, there's this scene where they're trying to uh, crawl their way out of a, a tunnel that is above them, and uh, uh, Jace throws Kayla up so that she can grab onto a bar and pull herself up, and while she is just dangling there, <laughs> Jace literally climbs up her... <laughs> He like grabs her and and pulls himself up using her hanging body. I had written big real down, wrote down. He's climbing her. Yeah. <laughs> they both had tremendous upper body strength. It's and like she's one of still those cartoons that. Yeah, where they, yeah, wearing the bridesmaid dress while he climbs her up a. <laughs> it was so weird. I did like when uh, Thad at one point in the beginning. Um, Una says something about, why don't you just go back to reading your comic books? And he goes, they're not comic books, they're graphic novels. <laughs> uh, well, does that close the book on, on back time? Yeah, um, I just feel like if it didn't come across in our discussion, like I, I, this is in the upper echelon, the top tier of Portland films. Like, more people need to know about this movie. 
And I think you're right. It is that heart because even with some of our other more, the more B movie favorites that we've had, that seemed more like let's make a movie to make a buck type thing. This seems more lovingly planned out, especially for an ambitious. I mean, time travel is an ambitious subject to do and to attempt to get right. And I think I think he did a pretty good job. Yeah, I totally agree. This um, also might be one of the first films that we've covered that I feel is truly uh, a hidden undiscovered gem. Like, I don't think anyone else has dug this one out. I wish I wish tonally it was a little because at some points, like we said, that it, it did kind of go for zany comedy. But then that wasn't the whole tone of the movie. And so that was a little. And I just here's another point. What is Zymo? They keep putting him in the front seat and he can't figure out how to open the door of the car. He's shown to have been built this elaborate armor. <laughs> By himself in a cave, but he could not figure out how to but open the door. But when he did, he had disassembled the door and, and poured out the speakers <laughs> and the speaker wire and the. <laughs> I did not yeah. see that. <laughs> was that after or before he accosted the woman in the car with oh. a chicken? Yeah, that was the the real estate agent. Yeah. Uh, yes, driving her her convertible BMW down the road. Ah, <laughs> huh. well. I think that is it. That that was, like I said, really fun. You, you can find this on YouTube. And maybe, maybe Stephen Miller will give a copyright to a copyright strike to the YouTube and we can hunt him down that way. So Ooh. here's hoping I'll just post this on every YouTube <laughs> channel I can find. Well, let, let's uh, in that case, why don't you go ahead and upload his other let's two videos share, share, and uh, share. really put those feelers yeah. out. There we go. There we go. Well, coming to a. Coming to a YouTube uh, channel near you that may or may not be called RIP VHS, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, last words? So, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say uh, maybe we should uh, continue the Stephen Miller train, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to dig in and see one of his other films now. I'm all, all right. About it. Well, should we do? I'm holding them up here. Should we do uh, Love and Dynamite or should we do Vision? Let's. Uh, I think we should continue going in reverse chronological order. Okay, so that's Visions next, or no, Love uh, and Dynamite. Dynamite. Okay, it it always in my head reminds me of Love and Basketball, so I have a feeling I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> there is going to be nothing in common between that and Love and Basketball. But um, well, Brian, the Unipiper has not been able to to get out much uh, in these in these past <laughs> few weeks, but. If people want to keep up with him, where can they go to find out uh, about the Unipiper? Well, I have been, um, in order to get my exercise in, I've been making a tour of Portland's neighborhoods lately. Um, so I, I've been uh, taking daily rides. I went through Lad's Edition uh, last week and uh, Laurelhurst. And so if, if you would like to see the Unipiper come through your neighborhood in these times of quarantine uh send me a message on social media and let me know uh where you live and what neighborhood you'd like to see uh, me hit up next nice yes on all on all social media as the unipiper uh mark what about you uh with that dry cough uh <laughs> over there i covered my cough <laughs> feeling feverish nope. are you <laughs> we, we test our temperature every four hours um I'm, I'm i'm in a household with nicholas so uh he requires yes. that the uh the Mark and Todd cast can be found on Fun Employment Radio uh, alongside Portland the Movies. And uh, you and I talk about things going on in Portland and sciencey things. 
Yes, yes. Find that at, at markandtodcast.com. Uh, and Fun Employment Radio is still doing shows five days a week. Uh, and they are now quarantined in Greg's house, uh, recording from there, which is where they originally started their show. So speaking of back time, they are back uh, back 10 years ago in the spare room that they started Fun Employment as. So, And they're doing lots of fun things like little uh, happy hours and get-togethers uh, when they can. So go support them. It's great that they're still able to uh, do their show. Speaking of, we do have a Patreon for this show, but um, there's probably a lot more important things for you to be doing with your money right now. So you are more than welcome, if you are a Patreon supporter, to find a different cause to uh, to use that money towards uh, this month. We'd love it if you kept it with us, but uh, uh, there are a lot more, is a lot more need out there, and we would uh, completely understand if that was the case. So don't worry about that. But thank you for your support. Um, we will be back next month with uh with what oh with love, love and, dynamite. and dynamite so uh join us then mark take us out with uh probably not the pink martini song at the end because that's the only thing that's flagging oh, the copyright so um hold on okay well then we'll take you out with this we will see you guys later <laughs>